All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. Look at all these wins. I'm covered in wins. Let's get into it with the lead. The W monster, Liam. <laughs> I'm just like the Edmonton Oilers collecting wins. Dobbs, dobs, 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 dobs. Liam's eating breakfast. Lives are good. I'm the pizza roll monster. Nom, 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 <laughs> nom, nom, nom. Uh, not to keep doing our thing where we tease guests that never happened, but the guest we were talking about in the group chat yesterday. Can you imagine if he was like, you know what? I'll tune into the show and then I'll see what these guys are all about. And then he sees that is like, oh. yep, there is no way I'm doing that. <laughs> Point is a lot of wins for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Braden, was it actually 11 W's? No, because we came up with that idea. If you can even call it an idea, uh, but three minutes before we went to live. So that was only nine. Regardless, the Oilers are going for win number 12 tonight. Welcome into the show. A Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of the program. As always, from the Sports Closet Studio, sportscloset.ca, to browse everything they got to up your fan game a little bit. You know what I'm saying, Liam? I'm picking up what you're laying down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. All righty, <laughs> then. Let's, uh, let's get into things today. The Oilers going for a 12th straight dub. We're going to have all our usual Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day activities today. On the program, uh, what else do we have going on here? Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff coming up on the show, Tyler. We have a guest today. We do. Ryan Clark. He is a national writer for ESPN. Have you um, heard of him? I have gotten. I will. You know what? I'll start the show by giving our pal Ryan Clark a compliment. Um, I have had the fortune. I'm very lucky. I get to do drafts and all star games. I get to meet 
all the media hotshots around the league. Kevin Weeks, John Bucigross. I am not even kidding or exaggerating when I say Ryan Clark is probably the nicest man working in NHL media out there. He's the best. Uh, well, we've done a couple of things with him, not on this show, but the DFO rundown. DFO, DFO he did um I can't remember. I think it was a trade show a couple of years ago with us. I texted him and he was very cooperative. He's incredibly polite. He's fun. Him and I bond over our disdain of Frank Saravalli, which is a joke, of course. <laughs> um, but we'll talk with him a little bit. We'll, we'll throw him a couple cracking questions because he is based out of Seattle. But we'll go around the NHL with Ryan Clark a little bit. Um, and hey, let's get ready for an Oilers game tonight at home at Rogers Place that will see them looking to extend their franchise record long winning streak and they're going up against a Kraken team that sure a week ago may have struck a little bit of fear into you but right now Liam they're a Kraken team that's coming off back-to-back losses to the Penguins and the Rangers so their heater ended rather abruptly and the Oilers looking to hand them a third straight L yeah everybody on the stream right now says you guys look blurry it did look kind of blurry. I think at the here. start it did. Does I it think, still look blurry? I got it on my phone. Let I me know in the chat. good now. I think all of the W's <laughs> threw off the camera. <laughs> yeah, it's not used to White balance is awesome. success. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was your question? 11 straight wins going for 12 tonight. Did you see Bruce McCurdy's tweet? Uh, no, although I do like Bruce. I love Bruce. I love reading his stuff. And I love watching his podcast, too. The Cult of mm-hmm. Hockey. Uh Oilers 11-game win streak may be the first in the club's NHL history but is currently tied for a franchise mark that was set by the WHA Oilers half a century ago in the 1973-74 season under Brian Shaw, where Bill Hunter famously said, we may never lose again, and somehow the Oilers wound up missing the playoffs. <laughs> they won 12 games in a row and didn't make the playoffs in the WHA? So I read the teams they beat. Let me know if you've kind heard of. of any of them. The Chicago Cougars, the Toronto Toros, Toros. Toros. Mm-hmm. The Vancouver Blazers. The Quebec Nordiques. Minnesota Fighting Saints. Mm. New York Golden Blades slash Jersey Knights. Quebec Nordiques. Wait, both teams at once? That is one team. There is a dash in there. Mid-season change. No. Yeah. <laughs> Slides were good. Yeah, the Quebec Nordiques. Yeah. New England Whalers. Toronto Toros. 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 And yep. the Los Angeles Dogs. Sharks. Um, okay, there was one. There was one team in there. Fighting Saints is an oxymoron. Correct, right? Like those are two things. Fighting Saints. Yeah. That's weird. There is also there's a team called the Fighting Saints of Dubuque. I think that's in Minnesota. Dubuque. Um, okay, so there was the last time the Oilers or any team called the Oilers won 12 in a row, and I mean any team, no minor hockey team, nothing. They've never won 12 in a row since then. 50 years. I don't know what we're doing today, man. Honestly, I'm in a weird kind of mood. Yeah, I was fighting with people of 15 minute cities on Twitter yesterday. It's just, it's all sorts of weird stuff going on right now in our lives. Yeah, I woke up in quite the pickle this morning. (laughs) Okay, now you got to do that. So, just woke up and it's just a weird day. I was like, wow, this is late. Well, that's not a pickle. A pickle. Well, no, I was in a pickle because I had to do my laundry still. I had to take out my laundry from the washing machine and. Get did you leave it in there overnight? Yeah, I did because I forgot. I was golfing last night. Don't ask me how it went. I'm cheesecake? Not, I know, no cheesecake. Cheesecake wouldn't have saved anything I did last night. So, yeah. So, the pickle was you had to switch your laundry. Well, then I, I there was a couple other things. I had to do some rundown stuff this morning. I had to get the show prepped. I had to, I had to get my stuff ready because I'm going to the John Reed this afternoon. Very famous tournament. 54th year, the John Reed. Mm. Crazy. But, yeah, all oh, those 12 wins in a row tonight. I think they do it. 
Big, big game. Stinky clothes. Don't worry. I washed them again. You can't just let. Oh, you run them through again. Yeah, no, quicker that, cycle though. Yes, quick, quick wash. Quick just wash. a quick little. Get some water in there. Get the juices flowing. But I put extra soap in there. Because mm. I want to make sure the stench is gone. Okie dokie. Mm. That makes sense. Stinky yeah. boy. Uh, no stink coming off the Edmonton Oilers. Eleven <laughs> victories in a row. And yeah, look at those stats. I love that we can just keep updating this board. Shout out to our boy Pat Puff. The Oilers averaging. Almost four goals a game over this recent stretch. It is incredible, but they, I mean, don't knock them for defense or anything like that. They're averaging under two goals against per game. It is unbelievable, this run that they've been on. And tonight, we got a couple of interesting notes. Let's start with the fact it's going to be Stuart Skinner getting the start. Head coach Chris Knobloch confirms today Skinner is between the pipes. Listen, you've won 11 in a row. Skinner's played the last couple here. By last couple, I mean last two. And you have a game on Saturday against Calgary, which you presumably want Stuart Skinner in net for. Mm-hmm. Is this the right or wrong call going with Stu tonight against the Kraken? A Kraken team that are struggling and struggling to score. It was the right call because Stuart Skinner was the other's best player on on Tuesday versus the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I think it's the right decision to keep him in. I mean, if he's going to be our starter in the playoffs... You're going to probably want to play him probably six games in a row at some point, right? So why not just kind of push the limit a little bit on him? He's playing the best period of hockey he's ever played in his NHL career. Let the good times roll with Stu. I'm all in. I play. I would play him on Saturday too, and then I would play uh, Pickard on Tuesday against Columbus. Against Lumbo, yeah. <laughs> Although that was the game, we'd kind of looked at maybe you go with Olivier Rodrigue, but I think that's out of the conversation now just because Pickard's been good in every game you've thrown him in as of late. Um, I agree. I think, you know, if Stuart Skinner is going to be a number one goalie, at some point you have to run him out there for three consecutive games. Like this is just a workload that a starter might have to take. The other factor that I think works in his favor or in favor of the argument that this is the right call going to Stu tonight, you had two days off to start the week, Sunday, Monday. You are at home now, sleeping in your own bed, don't have a plane ride, not on the hotel, not going out for meals, right? Like there's something to be said about being more rested when you're on home ice. Also, your one road game in this next stretch before you get like over a week off for the all-star break is a Calgary game where you're going to zip down there morning of zip back night of like there's not a huge rest element or there is a lot of rest, I should say. Sorry. Coming up this week, two days off Saturday or sorry, Sunday, Monday again, and then you're back on home ice. So I think it's fine to go three straight again or with Stu. I think next week you're obviously looking at going with Pickard Monday and then Stu back to back. But this does tie in to our Sherwood Ford Giant question. Shout out to Sherwood Ford, the Giant. Check out their extensive inventory of new and used vehicles by heading to SherwoodFord.ca. What is the most, what is the max for number of games you'd like to see Stuart Skinner? Or you'd be okay with Stuart Skinner playing this season? In, in total, all like in a row. In total. So right now, tonight is the halfway point. Okay. And so game 41, Stuart Skinner is starting game number. This is game start number 30. So that means Stuart Skinner's on pace to play 60 games this season, Liam. That's probably too high. You probably need to peel that back at some point. Okay. So 60 games. And he last season, he played 50, started in 48. Probably. 55? I was no? going to say 55. So if 55 is the magic number, let's say you are giving him tonight and you are giving him Saturday against Calgary, and then you're giving him Chicago, Nashville coming 
off of that Columbus game where you give Pickard. So that is game 41, 42, 43, 44, 45. So in the final 37 games of the year, you're going to have Stuart Skinner already at 43 or 33 starts. So that means he's going to play 22 and you're going to play. That means you need to find 15 games for Pickard down the stretch. Okay. That's incredibly difficult. And, and maybe it leans and Braden says you could give Pickard both Columbus and Chicago and Oilers nation fan. Great username. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for watching. Why don't you have you considered Pickard for both? And maybe that is the ultimate solution because remember last year. And I think Stuart Skinner last year was tough. He'd never really played that much hockey before, right? He came up first year in the NHL, basically had to be a number one because of Jack Campbell's struggles got to the playoffs and yeah, he might've been a little bit burnt out. I think this time around, he should probably be a little bit more prepared come playoff time. Well, I'm not saying that as like a knock or an indictment on him last year. I think it's totally okay <laughs> to say that he struggled and was, you know, got exhausted by the end of that run. But if you want to avoid that happening again, I think 55 is the most you want to play him. So you got to find 15 games for Pickard coming out of the all-star break. Okay. Um, last game, Skinner was asked like how are you kind of adjusting to the workload and everything. He said he's he was he's learned to take care of his body a bit better this season, which okay. is gonna help him. So they have three games now, right? Mm -hmm. After next week. So we're assuming Skinner's starting both of those. Can we pull up that map again, Aaron? Yeah. Not the map, the calendar. Um so we would have he would pick it, we could get Columbus. So let's assume he just gets one of those. So he yeah. gets Columbus. Yeah. So then <clears throat> Skinner, Skinner. Skinner, and then in February, it's Vegas. Got to go Skinner. Okay, then you have back-to-back, -back and you have Anaheim, LA. So he gets the Anaheim game. Pickard. One game for Pickard. Detroit, St. Louis, Dallas. St. Louis. Yeah, you give Pickard St. Louis, there's two. Okay, then a week after. So then Skinner plays Dallas, Arizona, Boston. Then you have a back-to-back -back between Minnesota and Calgary. So there's another one for Pickard. Right? Yeah. Okay, you cycle through a couple of games. Skinner gets Calgary. Skinner gets the Kings. Skinner gets... St. Louis. So that's no, I think you've got to give Pickard that St. Louis. Start. Sorry, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Okay, Pickard. so Pickard's not four as you had to mark. Okay, then you have a back-to-back -to, -back to start March, and then you have... Ooh, maybe you don't then. Maybe you take that one back and give him one of these back-to-backs in Seattle off Pittsburgh. Okay, so then you're at five coming out of that back-to-back -back against Pittsburgh and Seattle. And then you have Buffalo and Columbus that week. So, so one of those one goes of those to Pickard. Pickard. And it's also a back-to-back. -back. Ironically, yeah. you play Pittsburgh again. Okay, so then you have Pittsburgh, then you have Washington. I'm going to honestly go out on a limb and assume Washington's out by then. I, I'm just going to think that Skinner plays all three of those games. Oh, wow. Okay. Because then after you have Montreal, Buffalo, and Toronto. So one more week. for Pickard. So one more for Pickard. So that's seven. You have a back to back, Ottawa. Then you have Winnipeg, LA, Anaheim. Anaheim, Pickard. Yeah. So that's, that's nine. nine. Head to April. Uh, St. Louis. I'm going to say he doesn't get either of those two. But he gets one of the back-to-backs. Yeah, we'll get the, let's say he gets the Calgary game. So that's 10. Yeah. The following week, you have uh, Vegas, Skinner will get. Then you have back-to-back -back Arizona, Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, so there's good. There's 11. Then you have San Jose, Arizona, Colorado. Honestly, let's assume the others are locked in at that point. They have nothing to play for. That's two. So you get to 13. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not that big. of. And you know what? If you play him both, Nash, or uh, if you play him for both Chicago and... Columbus. Columbus this week. Then you're at 14 and Skinner's playing 56. So are you okay with Skinner playing 56, starting 56 yeah, games I mean, this season? It should be fine. It seems like the schedule balances well enough within the favor of the rotation. 
We also just ran through all 41 of the remaining games there. So a fun little exercise, but it's a Sherwood Ford giant question. It takes a giant answer to get to it. So let's change our answer then. We're okay with 56 games for Stuart Skinner as the max. Yeah. 50, well, say 57 is the max. Who knows what happens? In case it. they need to play him against San Jose to maybe, get the two points. Maybe, maybe they're playing they for home ice. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Something towards the end. But he, Vegas playing at least 12 by looking through that schedule. Yeah. I think that's fair. 56, 57 in that range. Let's head over to what you were all saying over in the YouTube chat here. Mistaken Mexican is in and says Skinner starting 56 is about what I wanted for him to start the season. So there you go. That's totally fair. Uh, Christopher Palmer says you go pick Stu pick next week. I, I think that would be fine as well. Giving pick two next week is okay. But also the fact you have that bye week coming up, I think in the moment, especially if you're still winning, like if you've won 14 in a row, you probably just want to keep it to some extent in the yeah. moment. You just want to keep winning, man. You want to see how far you can take this thing. Right. Yeah. That's the thing too. Like you, we go through the schedule and we kind of handpick everything, but like things are going to change. You know, the things are going to come up, but like maybe, maybe skinny is the flu. Hey, that, you I know, mean, last game he got ran into twice. Maybe Skinner needs a week off because he's yeah. banged up at some point, right? But things are going to change that'll, that'll maybe solve this plan in, in favor of Skinner playing less games, or maybe it changes it and Skinner does, uh, has to play more games because something happens. Like, who yeah. knows? So, um, okay, let's dig into what you're all saying. There was a really good comment in here. Nuge Lovers says, tuning into Oilers Nation every day is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get but it's always good. Thank it's you. not always good. I will go ahead and say when you have a box of chocolates and you grab one, you bite into it and it's got a coconut filling. That oh. sucks. That ruins mm. it for me. Is there a chocolate you don't like? Caramel. What? Yeah, not a caramel guy. Don't eat Mars bars. Don't eat Twixes. That's Snickers, almost nothing. every chocolate bar, Liam. I know. I don't really. Big chocolate guy. They make my teeth hurt because I have bad teeth. Yeah, I haven't been to the dentist I've in been, a long time. I am scared. I, if I'm you're so, a dentist, let us know. We'll come for a visit. Only I am live from dairy chair. milk chocolates. Dairy. Yep. I haven't been to the dentist in so long. I'm, I will not put it out to the public. That's how long it's been. It's bad. All right. I need I to get also on. So we'll not do it because we're not going to dox ourselves. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, Aaron, <laughs> worst kind of chocolate to grab? Um, anything dark chocolate, but I got yeah, to what Liam's saying. He doesn't like caramel is the most, that's the most Liam. Answer. You know what? Though? That's like, every good chocolate food for me is all about like texture. Like it just kind of, I just don't like weird stuff. I don't like when it gets stuck in your teeth. Like, yeah, like, stuck in your teeth. like a Twix in a Mars bar. That's- but you know what I do love though, ironically, is Werther's. That's caramel. I know, but I just it's not like it's that's so used, Liam. It's that's just so solid Liam. caramel. Liam. I like the melted caramel. Liam is never gonna beat the old man out. My eighty-year-old grandmother loves Werther's. I love so a good Werther's. Liam, can I tell you something? They're the best. They're, so They're the best. I don't They're want to so good. You guys. They're so damn good. White man. chocolate, though, is my favorite. If anyone's looking to my little gift. Oh, yeah, you are a white chocolate. <laughs> uh, Valentine's Day is coming. Stupid pigeon. British guy talking food is funny. He's English. I'm English. He's not British. Get it right. Uh, Chris Farmer, got to use your girlfriend's benefits from work, Ty Ty. Oh, but oh. you don't think I'm already all the way in on that? Come on. Well, I have a, you bought me I have, my Apple Watch. I have an Alberta Blue Cross membership. Not a not a plug. That is real Shout life. out. Shout out to Alberta Blue Cross. Love them very much. Uh, okay, you guys are bringing it. Love getting you fired up over in the Booster Juicy YouTube chat. Tomorrow <laughs> is going to be a shortened edition of the show. Only about 30 minutes. You know why? Because I'm going pedal to the floor, right out to Jasper for the Jasper Pond Doggy Tournament. Big shout out to not just Tourism Jasper, but Booster Juice as well. Um, there's a BOA going on Saturday night. We're going to have a watch party. Going to be a ton of fun. 
We're also going to be hitting the ice. I believe we play three or four times this weekend, and we're going to need booster juice to power us through. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, re-energize, or download their new booster rewards app. Christopher Chalmers went viral on TikTok for sharing his booster juice hack, which was a scoop of vanilla sorbet into a strawberry sunshine smoothie. But he didn't make any sense. He said, take the strawberry. <laughs> so it's not of strawberry, strawberry sunshine. sunshine. So I was like, what is that then? <clears throat> just hear me. I think part of the reason it went viral is because people just watched it two or three times trying to figure <laughs> out what the hell was going on and what he was saying. Uh, that might have been part of it. Yeah, it does. I was very confused by it on the show. I'm pretty sure I called him out in the clip. I'm like, is it, that's not a strawberry sunshine. It's a vanilla sunshine. <laughs> Macho Monsoon is for me, though. I also love the. Love. That was also your nickname in high school, the Macho Monsoon. <laughs> <laughs> I also yeah. love the um, the protein balls you can get from there, mm-hmm. and the uh, energy. Well, I'm not okay. laughing. This is a serious conversation about mm-hmm. Booster Juice. The original Booster Juice is in Shore Park. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you know the owner of Booster Juice owns the Vegas Golden Knights? Yep. They Bill were- Foley. Dale Wishawan. There you go. Name. He's a part. He is a partner. He yeah, helps out part, with yeah. the Riverhawks too. Shout out. He's a he's a good guy. Good local met guy. A, met him a few times. That's why we love Booster Juice here on the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a bit of a. Should problem. we talk about the Oilers <laughs> yeah, today? I was gonna say, we have a bit of a problem on this show because I swear most days we're pretty good, but whenever we get a big guest. We always just go, we're totally unhinged when they're in the waiting room. It's a bit of a problem. He's giggling away. <laughs> I know. So he is one of my favorite people working in media. Let's go to the Star Mechanical guest line, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company, Ryan S. Clark from ESPN. Ryan, I am so sorry you had to sit through that, man. That was bad. No, I, I'm laughing because it's like, I was not expecting to come on the podcast and we're talking about booster juice today. Like I had no idea that this was a thing. Like never mind the fact the Oilers are are good and there's all sorts of interesting stuff going on. They're like, yo, let's talk about booster juice in this thing. Like, like I got it. I got to try this now. Like you, you sold me on this. Like, I, it apparently must be some good stuff. And then I was also laughing at how you're like, we have a big guest and I'm like, who they got? Oh God, he's talking <laughs> about me. Well, I'm the big guest and you got bigger problems than booster juice, my guy. <laughs> Come on, national writer for ESPN. We're excited to have you on. Uh, let's, let's dig into this hockey talk a little bit and looking at the playoff race in the West. I mean, hell, three weeks ago, you would have been sitting here going, oh, the Oilers right in the thick of it, wild card spot. They kind of now have themselves mm-hmm. up in that upper tier we'll call it with the three teams in the central the three big dogs in the pacific and now there's this mushy middle and it's like nashville basically right down to mini if you want to include them who do you like and maybe who do you not like in that race to maybe separate themselves from that pack at this point you would have to think the oilers are a team to like to separate themselves not only because they have fewer games played but it's between them and the winnipeg jets for who's been arguably the hottest team in hockey the last several weeks I mean, what we've seen from the Oilers, like, yes, it's the goal scoring, what that we're used to seeing, but was just saying this a little bit on other podcasts and that you look at the Oilers since Knobloch has taken over and what you're seeing is a, is a five-player defensive structure that's not only getting results in things like shots allowed in terms of fewer shots allowed, uh, scoring chances allowed, high danger chances allowed, but the way Stuart Skinner is playing, he's giving them not only opportunities to win, but they don't need him to be at his best to win, even though like lately he has been at his best. And what you're seeing from the Oilers is a really complete team, one that forget the wild card. I think the question should be at some point, what place in the Pacific division will they get if they keep going at this rate? 
in, in terms of teams that you, you have questions about, look, the Wilder one that you definitely have questions about just because it's been the, the injuries in terms of how consistently inconsistent it's been. Like they don't consistently have the, the, the healthy lineup because that's been the consistency. They don't have a healthy lineup. But you wonder about them because of the lack of school. The St. Louis Blues, the moment you watch the Blues and you think, okay, they have the, the, the definite pieces to be in this conversation for the long haul. But then you kind of look at them some days and go, I don't know, but 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 do they? But yes, you look at the Predators, their team that's in that equation, the Kraken are a team that's in that equation, which I know we'll, we'll get to here shortly with them. The one that you continue to think about more and more is the Coyotes. Like, yes, there's been, you know, some maybe uh, turbulence lately, but when you look at the Coyotes this year, like there was a thought that this could be a team that gets to the 80 point plateau for the first time in three plus seasons. It looks like it could be this way. But when you just sort of, again, look at this Western wildcard race, like Nashville looks like it's in it. The Flames, if they can get some more consistent goal scoring, look, they could be in it. The Blues, if they can get more scoring, could be in it too. So it's going to be fascinating. But as it relates to the Oilers, because of the games played and the consistency that we've seen, it looks like the Oilers are going to be that team that probably has the best shot of transitioning from being in a wild card spot to getting one of those division places. We just had a bit of a discussion before before you came on here about how many games is, is a good total for Stuart Skinner to get to this season. We figured out he'd probably be around 56 57 like how many games would you would you push him to 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 an extent well what you're seeing now is i mean as more teams are going to tandem you're seeing fewer of those goaltenders like a connor halibut or uc saros who can play in that 60 to 65 game range and so if you're looking at Stuart skinner 50 to 55 seems to be that mark of teams that are going to that tandem to where it's like, yes, you have a tandem and there's a, a workload, but at the same time, playing that 50 to 55 game threshold, it lets you know who your number one is. It's getting you the sort of reps and minutes that you need from them without it being too, too taxing. Cause like we look at what's going on with the Colorado avalanche right now, like Alexander Georgiev is one of the most work goalies in the league. And you wonder at some point, how much will that, that cost him in the abs? If they can't find an option that can get some more consistency behind them. Like, again, we've seen it year in and year out with the national predators and, and, and UC Soros where like UC Soros does a lot of different things for them. But an example of where it works is let's take the New York Islanders. Like, yes, for all the different things, Ilya Sorokin does for that team. And it is a lot over the years when they've been able to bring in Simeon Varlamov, like they've been able to find a way to make it work. It's the same thing with the Flyers. They're set up with Carter Hurt and Carter Hurt, you know, Urson. So, yes, if you're the Oilers, that's the sort of mark you want to hit, because, again, it's it's a good amount of games without making someone feel taxed, which is going to be important, especially when you look at the amount of games they're winning, the way they're winning. This is a team that has serious playoff aspirations. And if you want that, you want your goalie to be in the best shape possible. I think what's interesting, Ryan, when you bring up those other tandems too, it's uh, all these teams, they have a guy who, when the backup's hot, they have no problem playing him in some tough matchups. And I think what we did when we rattled through the entire schedule and said, okay, where can you slot in Calvin Pickard for some starts? We basically only picked the soft matchups. And maybe that does, as much as I've cooled on this, maybe it does speak to Ken Holland having to go out at the deadline and upgrade that backup spot so you have a guy you can trust in a big matchup. Maybe that's just not there with Pickard. Well, and not only that, but I mean, as we saw last year with the Golden Knights, having that goaltending depth can be vital because you think about where it ended up leading them. There are two goalies right now. One was an NHL All-Star as a rookie last year. The other was one of the main reasons that won them the Stanley Cup. 
Like that's a good problem to have if you're Bruce Cassidy or, or any coach. And so to be able to have that backup again, it pays dividends because as we saw with the Oilers last season, there were times where they had to turn to Jack Campbell and Jack Campbell was, was consistent. But while you're through them, you're hoping not for a repeat of that. But what if you have an injury, something else, it's good to be able to have that option that you feel can help you win games. Let's talk about the opponent for the Oilers tonight, the Seattle Kraken. Um, they were one of those teams. I mean, they're closer to the Minnesota Wild in the standings a few weeks ago, but you covered them at the Winter Classic. And basically since the Winter Classic, a little before that, Joey Decord has been putting on a show and the Kraken were red hot for a stretch, just as hot as the Oilers as of a few days ago. What led to this Kraken turnaround? It seems like just from hearing what Dave Hackstall and different players have had to say, it's understanding their personality and, and what they are. So a year ago, one of the things that Kraken did was they scored in bunches. It's why they had one of the highest, if not the highest, well, second highest shooting percentage in, in, in the league last year. And it seemed like no matter the game, whether they were down by a goal, two goals, there was the belief that they had enough firepower to win those games. And it's why they were able to really go as far as they did this year. They're not getting that offensive contribution in terms of those consistent numbers from, from everyone. And so what they've had to do is they've had to be a team that's had to go back to leaning more in their defensive identity of being this sort of two-way team that looks to break out and, and score goals that way, gets to the center of the ice as opposed to being a more perimeter heavy team. And not only that, but you're getting the consistent goaltending. And again, we're talking about a franchise that's three years old, but what Joey Decord has done for the Kraken has given them the most consistent goaltending they've had in terms of things like save percentage, GSVA that they've had over, let's say a 10, 20, game run with a goalie at any point in, in franchise history I was looking at the numbers the other day. And it's something like Joey Decord has had north of like, let's say 15 games with a safe percentage above 900 in the three years. Phil Grubauer has been there. He's sitting somewhere around 40. And again, Joey, Defra Joey Decord's played a fraction of the time with that franchise than Phil Grubauer. And so to be able to have all those pieces fit, that's why of course, into the last two games, the Kraken had been among the hottest teams in the NHL. And they've made that playoff race interesting. And another thing that's fascinating, we had Frank on the show yesterday talking about the way the trade deadline could shake down here in the Western Conference. And you look like, yes, there is becoming a clear top seven and then a bunch of teams fighting for a wild card spot. And I think come trade deadline time, teams like Calgary, Nashville, all those teams are going to have to make a decision of like, okay, do we sell off and do we do the right thing for our long-term future? Or do we live in the moment a little, as we all like to do, Liam, live in the moment a little? And do they keep their guys? Maybe let some rentals walk as unrestricted free agents? Or do you maybe go make a move or two to separate yourselves from that pack? When you look at that group of teams, and we can flash up the standings again, maybe, Aaron, when you look at these this group of teams, Ryan, which one's the most fascinating for you? And which one, which GM maybe has the toughest decisions to make ahead of the deadline? It would probably be Nashville and Calgary because they were in this situation last season. Like they moved on from players and then look at how the season ended. They were both within what, three, four points of that final wildcard spot. And it leaves you with an entire off season wondering like if you had maybe done this or done that, like, are you in the playoffs? But then again, for some teams getting into the playoffs just simply isn't enough. Like there are teams that when you look at them, they sort of feel like, okay, the playoffs are nice, but, how do you win in the first round? How do you get to the second round? Like that's the big question facing the LA Kings right now is like for all the things the Kings have done, it's how do you get beyond the first round? The last time they won a first round series, Quentin Byfield was an elementary school. Like it's really been that long. And when you look at the teams that are in this situation right now, 
like if you're the blues, you're kind of wondering, okay, what sort of the, maybe the best approach do you have enough to make that push? Maybe do you look at making moves? If you're the flames, like, of course, there are some questions that you have to get answered with, with your, with your players. But at the same time, it's just a matter of like, how confident do you feel in your group and making the postseason? And look, there have been games we've seen from the flames within the last few weeks that they've been able to get the offensive consistency. And if they can get more of those performances, it's going to leave management with a very interesting question, especially when you do have a handful of players that you could possibly look at moving at the deadline and getting things in return that you feel can help you for, for the future. And so that's just it is you would think it would be Nashville and Calgary just because they were in this situation a year ago. And when you look at where they are now, like, yes, Nashville still trying to add for its future, but you look at what it has at present. It's one of those teams where while you have an eye on the future, it's clear that they have an eye on right now, especially when you look at, what they did in free agency, whereas with the Flames, it's just going to be really fascinating to see what they do with the deadline because even at the start of the season, what was the narrative with them? This is a team that when you look at half the roster, you can tell like there's a plan for the future. But then when you look at the other half of the roster, you wonder what does the future look like given that there are so many potential UFAs on the board? If you were picking a team for Elias Lindholm to land, where, where would you put him? If cap is not part of the conversation, or let's say someone can get creative, going to the Boston Bruins would be really interesting just because we've had this conversation a lot about the Bruins and top six centers and how like maybe is that an area where they really need to reinforce themselves. The Colorado Avalanche is another one where if you have him as a second line center behind Nathan McKinnon, like how much does that change the calculus there considering Going into last week, when you look at all the second line centers in the central division, Ryan Johansson was averaging the least amount of ice time. And that's that's damning in a lot of different ways. Um, of course, we have here on the board, the Vancouver Canucks are another team where if you put Elias Lindholm in the middle of that group with everything they've got going on, how much more of a threat does it make them? Vegas is another fascinating one just because you think about their center depth. But again, that's a team that they can move guys off to the wing um, and, and, and fit him in there. And then the Jets are another one as well. And so like that's just it. It's like all the teams that are currently listed are all ones that make sense. They're all ones that are pushing to try to win the Stanley Cup in Vegas's case for Pete is the Stanley Cup. But yes, if you look at Boston, which again, the top six center conversation, like they've managed to make it so far. But again, it's sort of that question of like, is this something that they can continue to do? Can they get by without it? Especially when we look at the two teams that were in the cup finals last year and for all the different things that you can compare and contrast with the Panthers and the Golden Knights. One of the things they definitely had in common is they not only had the center depth, but they had that sort of top six, top nine center depth in the case of the Golden Knights that really made a difference. Last one I want to hit on with you. One of your recent pieces up at ESPN.com was all about the Calder race. And man, I do not envy the awards voters this year because similar yeah. to Connor McDavid's year when his rookie season, when he went down to that injury, it's this tough balance of like best rookie season, best rookie. I think we all know Connor Bedard is going to be the best rookie from this class. But when you miss X amount of games, we don't know how long. Did you have the best rookie season? I found it interesting that you wrote him and Brock Faber, the defenseman out of Minnesota, as both T1. How close is this race really going to be right down to the end? It can be extremely close for a lot of different reasons. So let's just talk about Bedard and Faber before we go on to everyone else. With Bedard, it's at the point where coming into the week, he had a nine-point gap on everyone else in the scoring competition. By the time he comes back, 
maybe that lead is a point. Maybe he's five points in the hole, 10 points in the hole. We just don't know. But the expectation is you would think that he would still be in position to be in the rookie points race and be a factor. Whereas if you look at Brock Faber, yes, he's one of the collection of players who has north of 20 points, but his offensive contributions are just one way of understanding his value. When you think about the wild, as we talked about a little bit ago, like, This is a team that's been consistently injured. And when you look at Brock Faber, he has been one of the constants. Like you think about how teams use rookie defensemen, especially now in the modern NHL, where we're seeing more teams rely on these young puck moving defensemen. Like it's not that they give them sheltered minutes. They just gradually work them in. It has not been gradual. It has been instant. He leads that team in five on five minutes. He leads them in average ice time. He He's on the power play. He's on the penalty kill. Like he is doing everything that you can ask of a top pairing defenseman, whether they're a rookie, a 10 year veteran, or somewhere in between. And while, yes, we look at defensemen now and we look at their offensive production, favors that example of someone who not only has a production offensively, but he's doing it in a bunch of different areas. But that said, when you take Bedard out of the equation, it seems like there's two conversations to have, which is one, who ends up winning that rookie points race? Because Marco Rossi and Adam Fantilli are two players that are very much into that conversation. And then when you look at the fact that there's this collection of players like a Connor Zary who are sitting there at nine goals, it makes you wonder, like, at what point do those sort of guys kind of break through and make it even more interesting? But then the second conversation to have is, could this year's Calder race, regardless of what happens with Connor Bedard, be more of a conversation about the Because yes, we just talked about Brock Faber, but let's not forget the season Luke Hughes is having. At one point, Luke Hughes was on pace to score 50 points, more like 47, 48 now, but let's say if he hits 50 points, he'll be the first rookie defenseman since 2019 when Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes did it to have more than 50 points and to be able to have more than 50 points. You're playing him in a top four role. He's facilitating one of the more dangerous power plays in the league on top of like everything else that he does compared to Faber. Like it really makes for a fascinating race. And so while, uh, yes, going into this season, the talk, understandably so, was about Connor Bedard. What could he do? Could he have one of the more impressive rookie seasons we've seen in memory? Which, before the injury, he was on pace to hit north of 70 points while being an all-star, while leading his team in several offensive categories. And if it's not for Seth Jones, he, le- he would have led the Blackhawks in average ice time. That said, you still have a rookie class where a lot of guys are doing work. There's the ones we mentioned. There's the ones that we haven't mentioned. Like what Samuel Erson has done in Philadelphia has really provided a balance with, with Carter Hart before he got hurt. Peter Kachetkov gave the Hurricanes an answer net at a time when they were trying to figure out how do you survive while Frederick Anderson is on the shelf. And then as we talked about the Predators, let's not forget the contributions of someone like Luke Evangelista. And so this has been a rookie class where you've seen players make an impact, but whether Bedard ends up winning the points race or not, there's two things you could say. Number one, this has been an interesting class at this point. And number two, there is going to be someone left disappointed when the all rookie team comes out, because there are going to be some decisions that are going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. David is in says, wouldn't it be crazy if Crosby and McDavid and Bedard were all called their list? You know who else was called their list? Wayne Gretzky. So it's this weird, mm. elusive trophy for the game's greats or potential greats in the yes. case of Connor Bedard. Uh, Ryan Clark, you are one of the game's greats. Thanks for hopping on. Appreciate you joining us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, see you later. There you go. Ryan Clark from ESPN joining us on the Star Mechanical Guest Line. Danger Suede was in with a good comment and said, I wonder if there's a booster juice that will. Oh, that's the wrong Danger Suede comment. So he wonders if there's a booster juice that will make him as smart as Ryan Clark. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Probably not. It's probably a, a booster. Yeah, some sort of booster. Yeah, I usually go with the energy booster. There you go. Uh, Star Mechanical Guest Line, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. Find out more about why they are at the top by visiting them at starmechanical.ca. We got to continue along. A lot of ground still to cover in the final 20-some minutes of today's program, including, Liam, the Charm Diamond Game Notes. For our friends at Charm Diamond Centers, they are Canadian-owned and operated, and they've been that way since 1972. More than 85 locations across the country through Charm and their sister brands. You can get your custom ring built and delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece Program. They have an unbeatable pricing policy. For more information, go to CharmDiamondCenters.com. Here's what I got for you, Liam, right. when it comes to the Seattle Kraken, all right? Yep, I'm ready. They've lost back-to-back games. They won eight in a row, but nine. then they lost back-to-back games. Wasn't it nine in a row? Oh, nine in a row, you're right. Yeah. And then they lost back-to-back games. When you look at them, the biggest thing that stands out to me is their inability to consistently generate offense. The Seattle Kraken, when you break down their games so far this season, they've played 44 of them. They have only scored three goal, more than three goals. They've only scored more than three goals 13 times this season. The Oilers, for reference, have done it 21 times this season. And how about this? This is maybe even more damning than that. They have been held the one goal or less 11 times already this season. That is the most damning thing about this Kraken team is simply the fact that they can't consistently generate offense and it's hurting them, man. And I think it will ultimately be their downfall this season. If they don't make the playoffs, like again, just to put that into perspective, they've been held the one goal or less 11 times this year. The Oilers have only been held the one goal or less five times this season. Liam, Let's let's do this exercise on the fly. Okay. Give me a team that you think isn't that good at generating offense. A team that's like in the mix, not like obviously a uh, it's in the mix, not um St. Louis. Sure. Let's pull up the St. Louis Blues and see how many times they've been held to one goal or less this season. 
They're actually a pretty good example of it. They're in the same range as the Seattle Kraken. So those two teams right there would be the bad ones. You did a good job stumping me. I was hoping you would throw me in Arizona. Arizona's only been held about eight times. Calgary's down in like the three to four range, similar to Edmonton. Um, but St. Louis does stink offensively. So to set each other up for success on this show. Yeah. Uh, don't Not anymore. Don't uh, I, my other guess would have been Nashville. We're in Nashville. Nashville. Nashville's go. only been held one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine times this season. So again, two less in a well, couple less. Games. How many of those one goal games have come recently? That is a great question because I feel like at the start of the season we had this conversation and they were struggling massively to generate goals. And I said, no, 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 this team will team will turn around. They got a lot of good players. A lot of players I would like on the other third line. Three times so far in 2024. Out of five? Sorry, I was looking at the wrong column. Okay. Goals four. Um, no, so far this season in January, they have not been held the one goal or less in a game. So they've picked it up a little bit. They've mm-hmm. picked it up. They have a, The problem with them is... is okay, keep going, keep going. This is not, they're not comparing them to this team, but... When the Carolina Hurricanes get into the playoffs, they don't have that star to boost them mm-hmm. through the wall. You know, they don't have that star to get them over the edge. The Seattle Kraken have that similar thing, but they don't have that top top player like an Aho or a special mm-hmm. or something like that, right? They have a lot of good players who they expect a lot out of, mm-hmm. and it's just tough to expect that from guys who really you look through their lineup. At least a top nine. They're all middle six forwards, right? Yep. Like Eberle, what's the top line? Ta- uh, Tatar, McCann, Eberle. On a on a contending team, none of those players are first line players, right? Yeah, they're good. I like them all a lot, but they're not. The blue line is impressive. I'll yep. give them that. I love that blue line. I would take pretty much anyone off that blue line and put them right into the Oilers. Yeah, probably. I, I do like their blue and outside of like, I mean, I wouldn't take like a Schultz, for example, but everyone else seems solid. Uh, yeah, I lied. Yeah, I wouldn't. The Predators, the Predators have only been held the one goal or less four times this season. Flames are about six. So again, like this, this, not, the Seattle team just has struggled to score. They only have three goal scorers in double digits this year. Oliver Bjorkstrand, that was a great deal they made with Columbus. I love that yeah, trade. Fifth round pick, right? Yeah, it was like a third and a fifth or something to get him. Jared McCann, good pickup for them in the expansion yeah. draft. He was a 40 goal guy last year. And the other one is uh, Ellie Tolvanen, who was a waiver wire pickup last season. Right. Nashville. And people were pissed. The others didn't get him. Can you imagine where the Kraken would be if they didn't pick him up? Like, yeah, no did. one would be scoring there. So again, that. That's what stands out. When you look at the game notes for tonight for Charm Diamond Centers, it's just the fact that Seattle can't score. And Liam, I'm going to turn this right into our giant keys to victory for Sherwood Power Sports and Marine because I will tell you how the Oilers win this hockey game tonight. Okay. Track me. Turn into a track me. You are so much better than this team offensively. Just if it's running gun tonight, you're beating them. Don't care. Just I know the it. I know the Oilers have been winning games, playing good defensive structure and whatever, waiting for their opportunities to pounce and then scoring timely goals. That's great. That's awesome. Tonight, bundle it up, throw it out, throw out that game plan. Track me time. I want to see the Oilers score eight tonight. And if you win eight six, I will not rip you tomorrow. Track me. You know if you can turn this into an offensive skill fest, you will beat them. Do we have a confirmed start for the Kraken? Me. I believe it's still said expected Joey Decord. I expected Joey Decord. He's been red hot. It's a good goal. Yep, still expected. I'm seeing. Yeah, I, I like the idea of a track me. I, I think the Oilers really, really need to find their offense. You know, like, and that's a crazy yep. thing to say about this team, but you go back and look. It's like, you, know, you take away the internet, you get three against Toronto, who, to their credit, is actually 
they've had some good goaltending. So that's such a pretty good game. You have two against Montreal. What was it? Three against uh, Detroit with an empty net. And then two against Chicago. Like They've not been that great at scoring goals. And like, I would like to see, uh, granted, they've probably had like 10 taken off the board, which would make a big swing of things. But let the good times roll tonight. Let's see if we can get We're a looking new- for offense tonight. I need a Nugent Hopkins goal. That's what I'm looking for tonight. Ryan Nugent Hopkins goal would be I dig welcomed. That. I dig that. So short for giant keys to victory, wake up offense, turn it into a track meet. Ryan Nugent Hopkins score. Yeah. Do you know what? I'll give you another one. Yep. Don't rely on Stuart Skinner to win you this hockey game. How about that one? That's kind of what I mean though, right? Yeah, like, like give don't him, give him give a good him a night. Break, you know, we're talking about how many games you should play this season. I hope 57 of those games aren't him making saves where his legs are getting whacked, you know? So the puck doesn't go across the line. Like, Give him a little bit of time off. And I'm not underestimating the crack. And obviously they've just won nine games in a row very recently, but the Oilers are a really good team and they should be able to take down teams like the Kraken. 12 in a row. Give 1, us 12. 1,000%. Sorry, Tyler. Do you know what's kind of funny is obviously we've spoke about like, this is a franchise record, but this is, this is historic. This record might never be broken. You know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like if they went to 12 in a row tonight, we might, this, this might never change. I might get a banner. I had the thought the other day and I was like, am I, am I living the best stretch of Oilers hockey of all time right now? No, statistically, statistically. Yeah. But I, they, if they get 12 tonight, then special, you know, just like we spoke about when you watch some players play and it's like, you got to kind of observe the moment and and realize what you're watching in front of you. Got to do that as well with the Oilers right now. Yeah. Um, there you go for our friends at Truett. Tyler, one more game note. Okay. Um, our pal, Sam Gagne, is going to be back in the lineup tonight and he's going to be wearing a Navy uniform, right? They're going with the alternates tonight. Yeah, they are going with the alternates. I don't like those. How, where do you come out on those? What do you mean? Like the, the dark ones? The Navy blues. I know oh. they're done after this year. I, I'm not a fan. I don't care. But <laughs> I've never been a Jersey guy. I just, I don't know. I think the others to me will always just be copper and blue. The Navy's are cool, I guess. That I mean, the significant moments happened and then McDavid's got his game seven winner in that, yeah, in that Jersey. So yeah, there's, there's been some good times in that one. Um, quite a historic Jersey again, I suppose. That'll always be a very famous picture. It's quite a shame, actually, that wasn't a uh, copper and blue picture of McDavid celebrating with Jonathan Quick's face buried into the ice, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of people, a lot, okay, a lot of you guys love them. I do own one, so maybe I shouldn't even want to talk. I just, maybe I shouldn't even say I hate them. I just love the OG blues that they wear right now so much that I hate when there's any era where they try to pull away from it. Yeah. I love the orange and blue. Um, all right, there you go. For our friends at Short Power Sports and Marine, their grand opening is coming up just a couple of weeks away. And in addition to their fantastic service staff and parts that they'll offer, Liam, they will be the exclusive spot in the heart of Sherwood Park for all things Yamaha, including Yamaha boats. Yeah. You're a Yamaha guy. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yamaha boats, (laughs) motors, dirt bikes, ATVs, side-by-sides and motorcycles. They will have it all. If it's Yamaha. And I mean, come on, if you're getting one of those things, if you're hopping in a boat this summer, it's gotta be a Yamaha and you gotta get it from Sherwood power sports and Marine. Let's continue along with the show today. Sam Gagne, as Aaron said, to close out our game notes segment, Charm Diamonds. He's going to be back in the mix here tonight. Back after what the team is calling a 10-game injury absence. I, I wonder how much of it was healthy and not healthy, but mm. he, again, he's a guy who battled through the double hip thing. Like The fact that 
he's been playing as often as he is, I would even say. It's just so impressive. The fact he's back in the NHL and contributing is impressive. So giving him some extra time, I think, was the smart play here in the long run. Um, but Gagne back, and they're on home ice, which is when he's you know, got that Gagne magic. It's when he hits the roll. Uh, yeah, a little bit of um, game management, I guess you could call the Sam mm-hmm. Gagne situation of like making sure he, he's good to go. You, like you said, like this guy's gone through a lot this past summer with his recovery yeah. and and all that jazz. So yeah, just let him roll in. And, and to the credit of Adam Ernie, he did all right. Played his role. So it's tough. sometimes it's good to change the lineup a little bit. So I'm curious. So like, when's Holloway coming back? I we kind of thought maybe this was a spot here. They played last night. They're back to back games. Like, can we come back? Curious about Saturday. I do still believe it'll be Tuesday. From no source but my head. All right. I I think next week with a couple of soft spots on the schedule, that's where you probably want to get Dylan Holloway back up here. And if you're going to test drive him at center, that's when you do it. Although Ryan McLeod looked good at center all all of a sudden last yeah. game. So long term, I think he's a winger. But for now, I think you're totally fine to keep him at center. Uh, let's go into a little bit of a rumor roundup here, Liam. And it's brought to you by Finning Cat. Improve productivity and efficiency with equipment you can rely on. Go to Finning.com and check out their extensive inventory of new used and rental equipment to find the right solution to meet your unique needs. Need a part? It's never been easier with Finning Cat's online service. Invest in the future of your business and check out the latest at Finning dot com uh elias lintel out of those teams and we got ryan clark's opinion on it and also loved having him on the show um but when you look at that list i i think winnipeg if we're removing the fact that it's winnipeg and they probably won't want to give up the assets for them and you know i don't think they're going to be involved in the rental game the best fits winnipeg if they were to get elias lintel automatic stanley cup contender i think boston is a great spot I don't think Colorado will be able to afford it. I don't think Vancouver is going to go that route. I don't think Vegas will be able to afford it. So I think there are three clear cut good options here. The only way I see Winnipeg being a true, true option is if Boston and Colorado go, we aren't ponying up the assets for them. And Calgary has to start dealing with teams who are only paying a rental price. Oh, did you see that one down there? Oh, no Vince Dunn tonight for the Kraken. Allegedly. Um, That's a rumor. We're in rumor roundup. Okay, so my question is, before I give my definite answer, what's the timeline on Eichel right now? Because they put him on LTIR, right? Week to week, Lord knows uh, Lord knows what the, uh, what the Vegas Golden Knights are up to there. Yeah, so probably see him game one of the playoffs. Sorry, can we pull that back up again? I think, I think the Bruins will probably go in on him. Then the Bruins every year kind of figure out a way to go and get the guy they really need, right, to improve their roster. Yeah. So I could see them doing that. <laughs> Curious about Vancouver. I'm going to say Vancouver or Boston. Vancouver. I just think Vancouver's in a spot where it's like, okay, like, I'm kind of rolling right now. Someone sent out a tweet the other day from Canucks Army. The name's escaping me, but through Rick Tockett's time in there, I believe he's played, he's coached around 80 something games at the moment. He would have the bet. If that was a regular season, that would be the third best regular season all time wow. in Canucks history. So um, they got it. They got to take advantage of it. Okay, people are saying the LTIR thing with Eichel. I, as of right now, and maybe it changes by the playoffs. As of right now, Eichel's going to play regular season hockey again. That's okay. at least what we've been hearing. So maybe they push it. Maybe they do their greasy stuff. Sure, but for now, I, I'm not going to sit there and be like, "Oh, easy, those LTIR Eichel and bring in Lindholm." Because right now, I'm not sure if that's a possibility for them. And guess what? If you do it back to back years, I think the NHL starts sniffing around a little bit more aggressively. 
Maybe. What what was it again? Sorry for I call. Lower body surgery. Okay, so it has nothing to do with like his neck or anything like that. No, but lower body surgery is vague as hell. <laughs> Could be anything. Hey, I'm not saying there's not a chance of it. I'm just saying as of right now, I'm not operating at least with with the assumption that Eichel's out to the playoffs. I'm operating that it's going to be six to eight weeks and he'll be back. So just, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, where, where would you go? For what? Lindholm. Yeah, like I said, I I think Boston is a great spot. Gets played with his brother out there as well. Oh, yeah. And maybe they view him as a long-term piece. So if you're maybe, Boston yeah. and you're like, hey, we're going to bring in Lindholm and pay a Horvat-esque price for him. Let's do it and let's sign him and let's keep this guy around for the next six, seven years. That's the thing. I don't think he's going to cost as much as people think. Yeah. Like it's not going to, it's not cheap by any means, but what was whole that it was Bovillier first and Aturati. Yeah. So it's that B level prospect, good, NH- dump. good NHL player with some cap and a first round pick doable. They need to play Lindholm with really good yep. players. though. he's not produced at the rate he has since, um, Goudreau and Kachuk left. Yeah. I think it's smart for Calgary to probably punt on this. And I know that sounds rich coming from an Oilers fan, but do a little reset here. Have some good draft picks, get some more talent in that system. Don't saddle yourself to more aging, expensive contracts. Uh, someone with a question wants to know if maybe Tyler Toffoli ends up working his way into the rumor mill. If the devils aren't going to be a playoff team. Hey, I love him. And guess what? The reason he'd be an interesting fit is because if you keep 50% of them, it's $2.1 million. What does New Jersey need really bad? Um, defenseman? Defenseman. They're banged up like oh. crazy on the blue line. Right, Kulak. Right, Kulak. Interesting. Very interesting. In terms of a hockey trade, and again, he's got term on him. So maybe a team like Jersey goes, yeah, he helps us now and you know, will help us down the line. And oh, what's that, Edmonton? You're going to give us a second round pick too and we can take that second round pick and flip it for another defenseman and all we got to do is keep maybe a, you know, 1.5 mil of Toffoli and they have some money to spend. Mm. So maybe they sit there and go, Hey, we really need help on the blue line. And instead of just sacrificing a bunch of future assets, they don't have their second rounder this year. They traded it away last season. If you were to go Kulak in a second for Toffoli and they, and they keep the money yeah. to make it work. I'm in who, who loses that deal. I don't know. It's interesting too, isn't it? Because Toffoli is now like 33, 34, something like that. He's not a young he man is. anymore. He's 31. Is he? Yep. Right, well, 16 goals. Defers my entire point. On but um, <laughs> the point, the other point of that was we talk about Perry and how he has all this experience. But Toffoli has two Stanley Cups. Yep. You know, he's been around the block. He, he knows what those veterans in that room with the Kings when they were on their runs, what they did. So I think that would be a very positive asset to do this too. Yeah. All right. Uh, the menu today for our friends at DoorDash, 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, and use the promo code NATION25. I forgot I can't pick up that mug that aggressively. Uh, shout out to DoorDash. The new Double Dash feature is legit mm-hmm. pizza and a slushy, pizza and a bubble tea, uh, burger and ice cream. You can do it. Double Dash. Simple. Burger on your ice cream. Why not? If you want to get weird with it. Uh, all right. Here's what we got. Pre-gaming starts at 6 o'clock with our guy, Boardsy. It is a 7 o'clock puck drop tonight uh, between Edmonton and Seattle. After Dark immediately following the game. Who's with you on After Dark? I believe I have Nation Dan tonight. Ooh. A little OG. Everybody here in the chat on ONE seems to love Dan when we bring him on. So we said we'll bring him on tonight. 
hopefully breaking down a dozen dubs in a row. There you go. A uh, lot of content on tap here this evening. Let's wrap up the show with our Betway game day betting challenge. Do we have the leaderboard? Dun, 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 dun. I still stink. Jay is, he didn't hit his bet last game. So he he's coming back to under. a few in a row. So, you know, maybe I'm playing it easy tonight. I think the Oilers are going to be able to keep the offense going. I know Decord has been lights out as of late. He has allowed six goals in his last two games. So it goes against average of three as of late. The Kraken have lost a few. I think the Oilers offense is due for a big night. Give me Oilers team total over three and a half minus one. 40. Let's go. Jay has money line the over and Eberly to score at eight to one. If he wins this, yeah. we're hooped. The season's over. We would be screwed. We would have to some. We would have to try and swing for the fences. To be honest, if we were to do some things here, yeah. I went with a Warren Fogel goal. I wanted to make some things up. I do think there'll be some goals tonight. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with a, a Fogel goal. All right. Um, someone wants to know if there are odds on the Oilers to win back-to-back games. I mean, what you could do is maybe just bet Oilers money line tonight. You take the profits, roll it over to Saturday against the Flames and the BOA, and that's kind of a way to do it. So we'll see. That bad BOA with the Oilers having won 12 in a row would be electric on Friday, Saturday. That would be a big game. The over is only six and a half tonight. I'm smashing. Uh, uh, well, Decord and Skinner are playing too good, man. I just, I think the Oilers are. I like goals tonight. You like goals, but hey, we'll, we'll discuss that in Boards' bankroll later. This I evening. dig it. I dig it. Our friends from Betway are here, all the way from London. I don't know if you guys can hear it on the show, but they're they, they were just they're making some out, noise. They were just there. checking out the jersey with the Betway logo. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, look at these yeah, bad yeah, boys. Say, Let me off. give some love to Betway because they're one of our sponsors for the Pond Doggy tournament. Look at these fresh threads they got us hooked up in. The Play La Bombas finally have a white road jersey. This is clean. Got the little Betway patch up there. I'm excited to rock this. I'm excited to hopefully not get this one covered in blood. Eh. All right. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Liam Oilers going for 12 in a row. Big shout out to Ryan Clark for hopping on the star mechanical guest line. Betway, DoorDash, Finneycat, Sherwood Power Sports, and Marine Sherwood Ford, the giant Charm Diamond Centers, and of course, our friends at Booster Juice and the Sports Closet Studio. All of our friends, 400 and some of you over in that YouTube chat were awesome today. We enjoyed the show and we'll be back tomorrow. Maybe a victory Friday. Maybe a victory Friday at 1201 Mountain. We'll chat with you then. Thank you for watching Oilers Nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.